This is the day the Lord has made, and we shall rejoice, and we shall be glad in it. Has God been good to you? Can anybody declare this morning that God has been better to you than you could ever dare be to yourself? Amen, somebody. Amen. God, God has certainly been a good God to us. I want to echo the sentiments of many brethren who've come before you, and I want to say to all of the mothers in the house, happy Mother's Day. Uh, and that is inclusive of those who have, uh, have had children, but it's also inclusive of those perhaps you have not, you did not bear your own children, but you have just been influential in the life of a child. Uh, whether it be you might be an aunt or uh, you might uh, be a teacher or whatever capacity it might be in, we just appreciate you uh, and we want for you to know uh, that you are certainly appreciated. Uh, along with the mothers that are here, and many of us, um, I thank God have not had to experience this yet, uh, but there are some of us, uh, you will not go to dinner with mom today um, uh, because you went to the graveyard yesterday and you said hi to your mom. And to you, we want for you to know that we are praying with you, that we are praying for you. Um, we know that this day uh, perhaps is a painful day for you, uh, but we want for you to know uh, that we celebrate you, we celebrate your mom, um, and, and we really know that your mom certainly has been an influence uh, on your life. If you're here visiting with us, we want for you to know that you are our honored guests. There were many churches that perhaps you passed this morning, but the fact that you thought enough of God and enough of us to come and worship with us, we want for you to know that you are our honored guest. And there is one that I want to highlight because um, I think this is just fascinating, but uh, there's a Miss Felicia. Miss Felicia is on the back row. Raise your hand, Miss Felicia. I just want for them to see you. Um, church, you need to know that I spoke to Miss Felicia doing meet and greet and she said that she's here this morning because last week she received a flower from our, one of our sisters as they were walking through the neighborhood. Um, uh, amen, amen. And, and so uh, Avenue F, that's where we should be. Uh, that's where we should be, in the community and inviting people to meet Jesus, amen. And so uh, Miss Felicia, we want for you to know uh, that we're glad you're here, and all of our visitors, we are certainly glad uh, that you are here with us uh, this morning. Uh, and I also want to say this, and I know that uh, you have heard this, uh, but in reality, my soul is stirred. Uh, and my soul is stirred because since, since April the 30th, uh, there was a little girl there in Houston named Malia Davis that we don't know what has happened to this child. Um, there are reports out on perhaps some things that could have happened, but all you need to hear from me is no child should have to experience what this child has experienced. Uh, and so we are going to pray this morning, and in that prayer, I'm going to include this child, this family. We don't know where she is, but no child should have to go through that. So can you join me this morning in praying, uh, uh, Avenue F? Uh, Heavenly Father, thank you so much for blessing us uh, to be here this morning. 
Uh, thank you for your word. Thank you for our worship leaders. Thank you for those who have prayed and have served you. Uh, Father God, thank you for this privilege. Thank you for the visitors. Thank you for allowing them to make it here to us. Uh, thank you for allowing us to gather here this morning to do nothing but to praise and worship your high and holy name for you are worthy of all of our praise. Father, at this moment, we want to pray for all of those uh, who have lost their mothers. Uh, we ask you that you might uh, comfort them, that you might be with them. Uh, Father God, that you might help them to make it through uh, this rough season uh, in their life. Father God, we also come uh, praying on behalf of this child, this family, uh, Malia Davis. Father God, uh, we don't know where this child is, but Father, if this child is still alive, Father, would you please deliver her back to her family? Uh, Father God, uh, we just pray for all those that are surrounding this case, Father, that there might be uh, some sense of comfort and some sense of closure uh, to this situation. Father, would you be with them? Uh, would you guide them and would you bless them? We ask this prayer in the only name that matters. In Jesus' name, let the body of Christ say amen. amen. Be turning with me to uh, Esther chapter 7. And please, church, don't just pray for this morning. Let's pray for this family because... Amen. Lord have mercy. Uh, I can only imagine if something would have happened to my Claire or my Carly. Lord have mercy. Uh, so Esther chapter number 7 is where I want to gather us this morning. We want to read the first six verses of Esther chapter number 7. The Bible says, Now the king and Haman came to drink wine with Esther the queen. And the king said to Esther on the second day also, as they drank after their wine at the banquet, what is your petition, Queen Esther? And it shall be granted to you. What is your request? Even to half of the kingdom it shall be done. Queen Esther replied, if I have found favor in your sight, O king, and if it pleases the king, let my life be given me as my petition and my people as my request. For we have been sold, I and my people, to be destroyed, to be killed, and to be annihilated. Now, if we had only been sold as slaves, men and women, I would have remained silent, for the trouble would not be commensurate with the annoyance to the king. Then King Xerxes asked the queen, who is he? And where is he who would presume to do thus? And Esther said, a foe and an enemy is the wicked Haman. Then Haman became terrified before the king and queen. I want to talk to you this morning from the subject matter. Never underestimate the power of a woman. Never underestimate the power of a woman. While a student at Southwestern Christian College, there was a night when Brother Christopher Dardar and I were watching a movie together. And while watching this movie, I remember that he and I began to laugh at a certain part. Interestingly enough, when we reviewed what it was that made us laugh, we both came to the conclusion that we had watched the same movie, but we were laughing at different characters. While I was intrigued at the actions of the main character, 
He was entertained at the actions of the supporting cast behind the main character. That moment in time taught me a very important lesson that I now carry into my approach in Bible study. And that is, though the main character is the one that is getting the attention, the story would not be complete without the roles of the supporting cast. Sometimes I think that we forget that the supporting cast is a very important part of the story. And without the supporting actors, the success of the main character would be extremely limited. I fell victim to this dilemma as well when God led me to this text. And I immediately began to think of how the book of Esther is a book that gives the history of Israel as they move through the dark times or that is how God has allowed them to be moved into captivity because of their disobedience. And I began to think of how the Lord, though he is silent in the book of Esther, is not without action in the book of Esther. Let me say it again. Though God seems silent in the book of Esther, that does not mean that God is not active in the book of Esther. Therefore, I read this book in totality several times. And what became apparent to me as I speak about the power of a woman is that though Esther will get much of the attention because she is the main character, there is another character of the same sex that is a supporting actor. And if we focus our attention on her, I believe that we will see that God had began to write this story long before Esther was ever the queen. But we need to be reminded today that long before there was a queen Esther, there was a queen Vashti. We pick up on Queen Vashti in the first chapter of the book of Esther. The Bible declares King Xerxes has 127 provinces ranging from India to Ethiopia, wanted to place his palace and his possessions on display, so he gathered all of his officials and military officers together. And for 180 days, the Bible declares that he had a large banquet. Therefore, the rather thereafter, this 180 days, the king summoned every person present in Susa. And the Bible says, listen, that he showed off his gold and he showed off his silver articles that were in his palace. And it details, watch it now, it details that the king even had an open bar at the party. Did y'all see that? That is, that the, amen, somebody knows about open bar? Y'all told on y'all self, amen, all right? Listen, the king had an open bar and the king's only request was that everybody drinks as much as they want to drink. Amen? Now listen, now, while the king was having his party at his uh, palace, Vashti was also having a banquet in her own palace. The Bible says the king sent seven eunuchs to bring Vashti to his banquet. But on their arrival and their request, King, Queen Vashti refused to go to the king. The Bible does not identify her reasoning. 
In reality, it really does not matter why Vashti said no. Because the problem is Vashti has said no to a man that is used to everybody telling him yes. Let me say that one more time. What's the problem? It's not that she said no, but it was that she said no to a man that was used to everybody telling him yes. Her failure to comply with the king's request upset Xerxes. And Xerxes asked his wise men, what should be done with the queen? And his wise men said this, listen king, Vashti has not only wronged the king, but she's also wronged all the people under the control of the king because other women are going to hear about how she clowned you in front of all of us. And when the other women hear how she clowned you in front of us, then our own wives are gonna start treating us the way the queen has treated you. And we ain't having it. The book of Esther is quite an interesting book. If you choose to look at it from a historical critical interpretive method, we know that at this time, when Israel is under Persian rule, and this period was inaugurated because God was fed up with the children of Israel's lack of, rather lack of obedience and their willingness even to worship other gods. What becomes quite interesting though, is that throughout the entire book of Esther, the name Yahweh, or God, is absent or not mentioned at all. And to add to the history, we do not know for sure who wrote the book of Esther. But what we do know is whoever wrote this book was proficient in the laws of the Persians. It is assumed by commentators and some who are biblical scholars that perhaps the reason that the author chose not to put God in the text or even name himself in the text is because if he had put God in a text at this time, this text might have been removed from Persian history. But no matter who wrote this book or what their purpose was for writing the book or their lack of using the term God in the writing, we have come to see this book as a part of the Christian canon, not as a mere recanting of Persian history. It rather serves as another source of God's faithfulness of it in his word and to his people. For it is true that Vashti was the queen but Vashti was only occupying a seat that was given to her by King Xerxes. But Esther did not occupy the seat as one given by Xerxes. It was rather a seat that was given to her through the providence of God. Because this position was one that would affect more than, more than just Esther. Sitting in this seat would not only affect Esther, but it would also affect all of the people of God. I would like to identify two very important ideas that are expressed in the text. And the first being that while it is true that Queen Vashti was disobedient to the king, Esther also acted outside of the law. Queen Vashti, refused to come into the assembly when she was called by the king. 
But Esther came to the king without being called. Let me say that again. Vashti refused to come when she was called. But Esther came without being called. Now the question on the table is, what's the difference? You had two women that were disobedient, but the first one was cursed while the second one was blessed. And I believe the reason is that whenever a woman walks in the providence of God, that she is not walking by herself. That is, Vashti was walking by herself, but Esther was walking in the providence of God. And I believe that when you walk in the providence of God, that God will give you power that other women do not have. Amen, somebody. When Vashti refused to come to the king, she was rejected because she walked by herself. But when Esther walked in, she was accepted because she was protected by an invisible presence that I believe she or the king didn't even realize. She found favor because there is nothing more powerful than a woman that is walking in the power of the Lord. I do not believe that women have power if they are walking by themselves. Nor do I believe men have power if they're walking by themselves. But I believe that when you walk with the Lord, you become a powerful instrument that not only affects this generation, but it affects future generations that is to come. Preacher, what are you talking about? Listen, there's some powerful women in scripture that God chose to use. Now watch this now. If you look with a critical eye at one of our favorite pericopes of scripture in Hebrews, in Hebrews chapter 11, y'all know that, that's the hall of faith. Remember this one? Uh, for faith is the substance of things hoped. Y'all know that one, right? So in the hall of fame in Hebrews, throughout the entire chapter, there are only two women that are mentioned in the hall of faith. And those two are Sarah and Rahab. And there is an interesting assertion that the writer of Hebrews attributes to Sarah that no male received in the entire chapter. And that is, he says something about Sarah, a female, that he does not attribute to any male in the book. He says in verse 11 of Hebrews 11, by faith, even Sarah herself received power to conceive even beyond the proper time of life, since she considered him faithful who had promised. What leaps from the pages of inspiration is that the reception of power or ability is not attributed to any male in Hebrews 11, only to a female. That is, unless a male or female receives their ability from God, they are powerless. Listen, when a woman is faithful to God, God has the power to give her the power to do what she was formerly incapable of doing. What are you talking about, Ross? I mean, I can give you one more. In John chapter 4, we know John 4, that's when Jesus is talking to a woman at the well. Do you remember the story? The Bible says Jesus is walking and he had to go through Samaria. There's a woman there at the well in the middle of the day when no other people were out there. Jesus begins to have a conversation with her. At the end of the conversation, the Bible says that the apostles come back out of the city. 
wait a minute. The woman is going back in the city while the disciples are coming back out of the city. But what is interesting, not how they went into the city, but how they came back out of the city. The Bible says when the apostles came back from Samaria, they came back bringing food in their hand. But the Bible says when this woman got done talking to Jesus, she didn't come back bringing food, but she came back being brethren with her. Did y'all see that? That is when the men went in the city, they didn't talk to nobody about Jesus. But when the woman went into the city, she says, I need y'all to come see a man that has told me everything that I've ever done. And they say, listen, it was because of the word that you said that we believed in Jesus. But when Jesus came and started talking to us, it's no longer because of the word you said, but we have come to believe that he is the son of God. What are you saying, preacher? The men went into the city and they come back with nobody. But it was the woman that went in the city and brought all the men out the city to come and meet Jesus. Don't you ever underestimate the power of a woman. In this text we have this morning, we see something, and that is, in this story, three ideas that really leap off the pages. Number one, there's a desperate need. Number two, there is a divine placement. And number three, there is a deep conviction. Number one, there is a desperate, there's a desperate need. The Bible says that there's a man in the city of Susa named Haman. And Haman approaches King Xerxes and says, King, I want, I want for you to give me the authority through paper writing to have all of the Jews in our vicinity killed. That is the men, that is the women, that is the children. I want for all of them to be killed. And the Bible says that King Xerxes signs the edict sends it out to all the provinces, and in not many days, all of the Jews present will be killed. Listen, but what you need to know is that this not only affected the Jews outside's life, because what you need to know is Queen Esther herself is a Jew. And so if all the Jews are killed, this also means that if they find out that Esther is a Jew, that they will take Esther's life as well. Listen, here's what you need to know. Esther had to put her life on the line. What do you mean, preacher? Why did she put her life on the line? Esther put her life on the line because it was against the law to come into the king's presence without being summoned by the king. Let me say it again. It was against the law to come into the king's presence without being summoned by the king. Y'all ready for a connection? Notice what he did to the first wife that disobeyed him. The first wife, Vashti, that disobeyed him, he took the crown off of her head and she ceased to be the queen. Now Esther has to break the law because she needs to save her people's life and perhaps try to save her own life. Are y'all seeing the desperate need 
that's going into this thing. Esther is in a desperate position. But with her desperate position comes her divine placement. Let me say it one more time. With her desperate need comes her divine placement. Preacher, what do you mean her divine placement? Can I help y'all understand the problem here? Church, the problem is, is that Esther does not come from good stock. Mm. Well, what do you mean? Well, church, before she got to the palace, Esther was living in the house of her cousin Mordecai. Why is she living in Mordecai's house? She's in Mordecai's house because both of Esther's parents died. We don't know when, but her parents are dead. Now that her parents are dead, Esther has been an orphan her entire life. Okay, all right. Because she's an orphan, chances are very strong Esther is not very educated. Lord have mercy. Are y'all seeing this now? No mother or father. Nobody took care for me initially. I got to go live with my cousin. He raises me as his daughter. I don't have good stock because my people are in a land that's not even their own. Do you see where she's coming from? Esther doesn't come from riches. Esther doesn't come from royalty. But don't you know, listen now, listen now, even though she doesn't come from all of that, there's one thing Esther does have. She has a God that's working on her side. Can I say that again? Esther doesn't have the education. Esther doesn't have the money. Esther doesn't have the connections. But what she does have is a God that is willing to work on her side. And let me be very clear. There might be some of you in here this morning. You don't have the education. You don't have the finance. You don't have the network. You didn't go to the university. You perhaps might be going through a difficult time in your life. But when you take yourself and you put God with you, amen, somebody. When you take you and you put God with you, there are some things that you will be able to do. Something that's only gonna benefit me. 
me, but I don't even think about me. I'm thinking about every, that's a mama right there, amen, somebody, that I will go without so that other people can have. That is a godly woman. But you need to know that Esther was not placed here by accident. Esther was placed here by providence. God knew that Esther needed to be where she was, and God allowed it so that she might be there. So, Bashi, I'm sorry, you got to get out of the way, because there is somebody who needs to come behind you. Now, Esther is there. She says, hey,
but that does not mean that you know Christ and that Christ knows you. Amen, somebody. Now listen. What God wants, God, the Bible says in Peter, it says this. It says, God is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but he is long-suffering, not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. So you're here this morning. And you're trying, and you're trying, and it seems like you're not getting help from any side. Listen, God has designed it so that when you put your faith and your trust in Him, God will dispense Himself from heaven. That is the Holy Spirit that will dwell inside of you. Now, the Holy Spirit, what is His purpose? The Holy Spirit's purpose has been His purpose. Uh, has been the same purpose since from the beginning. What was his purpose? In the beginning, the Bible said that everything was in chaos. And then God speaks, and everything now comes to order. Preacher, my life is in chaos. Preacher, I don't know what to do. What you need is to have God in you to put in order what is out of order. Lord, have mercy. But how do you get that? Bible says, when you are baptized in water for the remission of your sins, God makes a promise to you, Acts chapter 2, God makes a promise. And the promise to you is when you're baptized in water for the remission of your sins, that's what I'm going to do for you. I'm going to promise you that I'm going to give you the gift of the Holy Spirit. Amen. They never get a promise of that, somebody. Amen. God will give you himself to be inside of you, to help you. In areas that you need help. Amen. Lord knows put me at every area. Amen. Sometimes every area. Lord does me everywhere. Amen. But God will do that for you this morning. You're here this morning. You need prayer. You're here this morning. You need to be baptized. And when God, when you're baptized, what God will do is give you the gift of the Holy Spirit. And God will also add you to the church that He purchased with His own blood. Ain't that a call? Amen. Somebody. You know what that means? The church, now let me be clear. The church is not these for walls. The church are people in the wall. What God will do, listen, we can't add you to this thing. No way in the world can Brother Ross say, listen, all right, we're we going we to vote you in now. All right, you voted in. We're going to add you in this thing. Okay, you add it. You're good. Here's the problem with that. If I add you, I can subtract you. Because as soon as you do something I don't like, I can subtract you. I love the fact that God is the only one that can add me. Amen. And he is the only one that can subtract me. God will add you. To the body of Christ. What is that important? Here's why it's important. Because now you have some spiritual people, spiritual family that can stand beside you and walk through this life with you. That's why I don't understand when people say, I got Jesus, but I don't need the church. Brother, do you know the blessing that you're missing? Sister, do you know the blessing that you're missing? And listen, Lord knows I've gone through situations in my life, and Leroy and Pookie couldn't tell me nothing to get me out of it. And ain't nothing wrong with Leroy and Pookie if they in the church, but I'm talking about folk down at the barbershop that think they know everything and don't know nothing about no spiritual stuff. I'm simply suggesting to you that what you need is you need some spiritual people in your life. That when you're going through it, you can call them and say, man, just pray with me. Just sit with me. Can you go to God on my behalf? Hey, listen, what do you suggest that I do? Listen, that is the church that God will add you to. So listen, you're here this morning. You need prayer. You're here this morning. You're not a member of the body of Christ. 
and you would like to be baptized in water this morning on Mother's Day, amen, for the remission of your sins. Whatever your desires are, we're going to sing a song. If you need prayer or if you need baptism, just make your way down these first rows. We will pray for you and we will baptize you as we together stand and sing the song chosen by our worship leaders.